0: All right, time for Baldry's beat. Keith Baldry, legislative bureau chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. So let's talk about this bombshell report out of oh, yeah. BC Hydro, the conflict of interest there. The BC, former BC Housing, not Hydro. <laughs> Thank you, BC Housing. Yeah, I've let's been get off that for a right. few
1: days, so there you go. That's the last mistake I'm ever going to make. You watch. All right.
0: Okay, BC Housing. Yeah, the former CEO and his wife, the head of a nonprofit agency that was getting lots of contracts over there. Boy, this is millions of dollars. Yeah, this is millions of dollars here in in taxpayers' money. So let's talk a little bit about this now. Let's listen to David Eby here, the premier, talking about some of the the problems over here at BC Housing. Let's listen. There is a very serious issue here uh, that that we are dealing with. We expect steps to be taken to ensure uh, public confidence in what's happening there. Uh, uh, One of those uh, could be uh, appropriately leadership change. All this happened on his watch. He's, he's trying to sound tough on it, obviously, but...
1: Oh, yeah. No, it definitely. He was housing minister when yeah. uh, when he fired... He revealed yesterday why he fired the board at BC Housing. We, it was always kind of murky why they were like, oh, the impression was left that uh, these were uh, activists appointed. They were out of step with what the government was looking for in terms of housing. But it turns out, according to EB yesterday, that they were fired because they refused to deal with the CEO. And that there was more big, um, as Evie uh, described it, heavy lifting challenges ahead for the board. So the board was sort of... These weren't professional board members. They were just housing activists not prepared to do the tough decisions that needed to be done, which included getting rid of the CEO so they and the they chief financial
0: officer. So they didn't want to fire the CEO, yeah. so then EB fired the board.
1: Yeah, or yeah. replaced the board. Yeah. Uh, he says he couldn't uh, make that public at the time because of um, confidentiality requirements and such, but it's interesting that that's what this was all about. That the, So he knew the problems Associated with Ramsey and Abbott before the board was fired, because that's why the board was fired.
0: Okay. And this is a very troubling report, especially the stuff about deleted emails and deleted text messages, changing, changing minutes the minutes of, minutes, of a like...
1: me- meeting. So there was obviously a conflict. Because, and then they put measures in place to ensure there was no conflict and steps had to be taken. He had to be create this wall around. Around you, But Ramsey and the chief financial officer basically did things to get around the conflict rules. Uh, and as you mentioned, deleting texts, uh, emails, uh, uh, changing the minutes of a meeting. Yeah. So it was a very troubling report. And again, it just showed that, uh, and I think talking to a number of people yesterday, the pressure on BC housing was enormous under both the previous BC Liberal government and the current NDP to build housing, to build social housing get the dollars out the door, get the housing built. And I, I think corners were cut, obviously, and the goal was to to build housing. And no matter how you did it, just get it done. And I think the pressure on housing was to do that. And so as a result, uh, I think a lot of things, rules were ignored, corners were cut, and that was all on display in yesterday's report.
0: Right. So we got Shane Ramsey, the, the former CEO of BC Housing, and then you have... Have his wife identified in this report? The head of this this housing society. Now that society, Atira Atira uh, Women's Resource Society, put out a statement saying well, everything's no story here. Everything's actually okay, no. and we're we're following the rules, and there's no problem. now. There's been a
1: freeze. Uh, Ravi Kalan told me yesterday, the housing minister, that he froze uh, Atira's um, funding the, wow. day, the minute he got this report. He said, Gee. "Whoa, this is." So that was like two months ago. And now is calling for uh, personnel changes. One assumes that BC Housing will not give any more money to ATIRA until those personnel changes are made. And you have to wonder whether the, the number one change is going to be replacing Janice Abbott as the CEO of ATIRA.
0: Okay, let's listen to EB this morning talking to Simi Sarah about this, this statement that came up from this housing society trying to downplay the problems here. And here's how EB responded to that. Let's listen. Anyone reading that report knows that Things have to change over there uh, when you enter into agreements with government to do certain things and not do other things. you got to honour those agreements. you got to follow those rules. And that's, uh, that's not what happened. And so uh, I'm a little disturbed to see uh, their press release uh, today that, uh, that says that things don't need to change because uh, they do. Wow, okay. Yeah, so
1: Aitera is the number one client of BC Housing. They, they, hmm. they get $35 million more than any other agency when it comes to building social housing, and that, their share of the pie has increased in the last five years significantly from, I think, $13 million a year to $73 million a year. So by removing them out of the picture, that does have an impact on the construction of social housing. So this is, I don't think, uh, in anyone's interest uh, to just let this slide. There has to be an ability for a tier to be part of the equation, but under EB's watch and, and Ravi Kalin's watch, they're not going to be part of the equation uh, and, until personnel changes are made.
0: Okay. There's no, are there any allegations here of people personally no. profiting off no. of this or any criminal wrongdoing? Or...
1: No, and that was addressed at yesterday's news conference. No, Ernst and Young was not able. Now, Ernst and Young made a point. They weren't able to check everything. Mm-hmm. There was a number of there are limits on their investigation but they found there was nothing there to support allegations of of personal fraud or anything like that. It doesn't appear anyone benefited personally from this. It was simply a agency and a crown corporation having a very close relationship, uh getting contracts without going to tender, direct awards. Yeah. Um staff being told just send everything to Atira. Yeah. Uh, again, with the with the goal of building housing, which is of course the what everyone supports. But how do you do that? It does involve some you know some processes that were obviously circumvented. Here.
0: okay, so eB try obviously trying to look very tough and in, in control of this yeah. file here and uh, not backing down. We just heard in that clip we just played there speaking this morning. so the the BC United party there, I almost said the liberals. You there. almost
1: did. I, saw I almost it. said it. I almost <laughs> I said it. I was going to call B- you on that.
0: BC United. So let's listen to Kevin Falcon, the leader of the BC United Party, is going after E.B. Here. Let's listen.
1: Majority of this unbelievable gross mismanagement happened while well, David E.B. was housing minister was directly responsible uh, for BC housing.
0: Okay. Does this stick to the government here? Well, you
1: heard Kevin Falcon use the phrase "the majority," mm. so which means there's some other stuff out there. That presumably happened on the, on the old liberal watch. Oh. So we'll see how that develops. It's interesting that he, they, they've gone on the way to use the words, the majority of the information is sure. on Eby's watch. And it's true, he, he was the housing minister, when yeah. a lot of this yeah. was going on, no question. But you have to wonder how far some of this stuff goes back. Um, but the money, in terms of the money going to ATIRA, the, the big increase to ATIRA occurred on the NDP's watch. It wasn't under the old liberal watch.
0: So what's next on this now?
1: There's another review underway, uh, uh, and again, looking for changes at ATIRA. There's a new board that was already announced last year for BC Housing. The new CEO of BC Housing was announced last week. So there are management changes uh, on the BC Housing side, and there's an expectation of management changes on ATIRA. I suspect a year from now, ATIRA will still be getting contracts from BC Housing because that's what they do. They build social housing and women's shelters. And that's not going to stop. But I think uh, basically things are frozen until all the waters are sort of cleared here and we yeah. see some personnel changes.
0: Okay, it's a pretty bombshell report here. And, and the B.C. United Party trying to, to really dine out on it here, really stick it to mm-hmm. EB, stick it to the government. But we just got a new opinion poll out here. And this is interesting. When you take a look at the political landscape in our province right now with the new name change. Yeah. So B.C. liberals, they're gone. It's now B.C. United. has it made a difference in the opinion polls.
1: Not the way they want. So American Seiko's research call has a poll out today uh, showing the NDP at 46% of the decided vote. That's up two points from a couple months ago. BC United at 33, which is 13 points behind, and that's a drop of three. Now, a lot of that, I assume, has to do with the name change. There's an unfamiliarity with BC United. Greens are unchanged at 16, and the BC Conservatives, this is a little worrisome for the BC United, are up two points, not a big Amount to four points of the decided vote, but a thirteen point gap—that's yeah. almost unheard of in BC politics to have that type of sustained gap between the opposition and uh, and the government. You know, when the BC Liberals were in power, the gap between the NDP and the BC Liberals was always just like very close, very close, yeah. two, three, four points. Right now, it's thirteen points, and the gap is widening. And uh, in personal approval ratings, EB's at fifty nine percent, which is like John Horgan type numbers, and mm. and, and Falcon's down at 38%, and that's a drop of a few points as well. Good. So I think the name change is going to take a while, and this is understandable. It wasn't going to flip overnight. Changing a brand, as we talked about before, from a marketing perspective, takes a long time to stick with the public. It's going to take some time for BC United to become known, as you and I keep joking, which one of us is going to say BC Liberal first when we talk right. about the opposition?
0: But right. do, do you think that Falcon may be... Thinking twice now, and maybe this was a mistake to make this name change because you think they did it was smart of them to do well, the name change. I don't know. You sort of came around to yeah, it. Yeah, right?
1: I can see the the argument from from a lot of the old hands was the the 2020 election and the 2017 election was that evidence that the Liberal brand was broken. Yeah. Uh, there was too much baggage accumulated over 16 years in power, much of it negative. Uh, that that meant uh, the the brand could not be rehabilitated that was the argument one of the arguments going to a, a name change who knows i mean it's yeah. going to take some time for that name to um to stick with the public but the other hand what they have to be a little worried about quite apart from the negative numbers they have 46% for a govern, governing party that's very high yeah and oh, 59% yeah. approval for david Eby, that's yeah, very, high. very high that's very high yeah
0: very oh. high, for sure. Okay, real quickly, we lost a, a sporting legend here in BC. Yes, yeah,
1: Joe Cap. Joe Cap, okay. uh, Pioneer quarterback for the BC Lions, led them to the first Grey Cup victory in 64. Oh. Uh, then went to the Minnesota Vikings, led them to a Super Bowl, even though they lost to the KC Chiefs. But there was a magic moment just a few years ago, a reunion of, of sorts. And Cap was on stage, he's like in his 80s, and Angela Mosca, uh. who Angela Mosca was the defensive tackle for the Hamilton Tiger Cats, who infamously... Fell or jumped on BC Lions running back Willie Fleming, star running back Willie Fleming's knee in the '63 Grey Cup game, and put him out of action, basically ended his career. And to show that bygones are not bygones, years later, just five years later, like fifty years later, they're on stage together, and Cap attacked Moscow with his cane. Wow! Went wow, after yeah. him and started. The two of them still couldn't put their grudges aside.
0: Wow. Okay. So
1: he's a very colorful character in BC in BC sporting history. Uh, but Joe Cap sadly leaves us.
0: Yeah, okay. Rest number twenty two number twenty two
1: is retired to the BC Lions.
0: Okay. Spauldry's beat, lots of calls right at it here. Steve and Delta. Hi Steve, go ahead.
1: Well, first off, um, you know, I'd like to find out actually how many housing units these people are building for my seventy one million or fifty one million that they got. Because mm-hmm. if they went from fifteen to seventy one, they should be building four times the number of units. And a lot of these nonprofits, profits the reason they're nonprofits is because the people who work there get some massive salaries. So I'd like to see what this lady's salary is also. And, you know, because I'm just hearing all this EB's pulling this away and that away. But there's no numbers here. There's no dollars. There's no housing units. There's just, you know, a bunch of covering up. So could they give us some real numbers, please? That would, that would make me happy at least that I know they're building houses at least. Yeah, I don't have those numbers available right now, but I think you go to BC Housing website uh, and public accounts you can you can find some of the numbers. In terms of her salary, we interviewed her last year and she said we actually asked her on camera what's your salary she said that's none of your business. Yeah, she refused to say. It. But the Vancouver Sun yesterday or today reports their salaries between two based on other tax documents 200 between dollars $200 and 250,000 wow. a year. Wow. Okay. Which for a CEO is yeah. actually not a huge number. Yeah. If you look at deputy ministers which are the equivalent of CEOs or CEOs of other large companies that's probably in the lower range if you can believe it yeah. of what a CEO gets paid.
0: Okay. Let's go to Ray. Reg on the line in Tuas, hi, Reg. Go ahead. Hey, hey, Keith. I've got a question for you. This um, situation between BC Housing stimulates my memory about a situation a few years ago with the, the Portland, Portland Housing Society. Yep. Uh, I don't and, and think Jenny Kwan was involved with that. So, am I oh, right yeah. to assume? Am I right to assume that these relationships between the government and these housing organizations attract
1: all the? Scoundrels. I mean, who appoints these people to run these things? Yeah, so these are nonprofit agencies for the <clears throat> for the most part. I wouldn't call them scoundrels by any means. These are people who are doing social good. They're building social housing for people who are in poverty stricken circumstances. But we have seen uh, incidents before where there's not a lot of accountability, and checks go out the door without being checked. And these these issues have come up, again, because the end goal is to build housing for people who desperately need it. And it just, in some cases, the rules are circumvented or not followed.
0: The Portland Hotel Society st- story was outrageous. The amount of money that was going out the door for high-end fancy meals yep. at like steakhouses in Vancouver. Sure, trips to Disneyland. Jenny Kwan had to repay like $35,000 yep. for a trip to Disneyland. Yep. That was paid for. I mean, that was outrageous. It was. Should there be a, like a wider audit of all the money that's being spent down there in the downtown east side?
1: Yeah, and it's not just the downtown east side. Some of this stuff was built in Surrey, for example, wow, on right. King George Boulevard. So well, that's a good question. I mean, BC Housing is a huge corporation. Now. We're talking to close to a billion dollars a year. And yeah. the NDP has set wow. a very ambitious housing strategy to spend a huge amount of money over the next 10 years.
0: Squeezing another call. Marty calling from the Caribou. Hi, Marty. Go ahead. Hey, hey guys. Uh, yeah. Um, the, the, the problem I have is, yes, like sunlight is the best disinfectant. The problem is you guys are the ones, the media, the corporate media, control the sunlight. So if there's something going on, yeah, we should know and there should be consequences and there should be accountability. Uh, I just don't remember any of this kind of media frenzy when... Uh, the, the guy from the Liberal Party a number of years ago, when they were in power, tried to give away that ICBC building, and then Wilkinson, the leader at the time, uh, denied that it had ever happened. Well, everyone, I encourage everyone to go to YouTube and watch the video of the guy's the words coming out okay. of his own mouth. Okay, thank you, you know? for the call. I'm not cutting you off. I'm just out of time. Just go ahead. I don't know if you want to respond. I have
1: no idea what he's talking about. Okay. We did cover the attempt to sell off ICBC. Yeah, uh, there was a lot of coverage of
0: that. There's been a lot of coverage on this story, too. And there'll be be more. There'll be more coverage.
1: This is an ongoing review. This story's not going away.